You're listening to the Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer and Mark Alderman. Mark, we're back. Good morning. February 5th, 2020. 2020. Two days post-Iowa. Sort of. Whatever that means. Right. One day post the State of the Union. Right. Mark, what is the state of the Democratic Party? Let's start there today. The state of the Democratic Party is disarray. The Iowa results are not yet in. And that is an international embarrassment. I think I'm quoting you there. I don't think it matters. Come November, everything moves much too fast for this to be remembered by anybody post-New Hampshire, let alone uh, in six, seven, eight months. But but a bad night, a bad night for the Democratic Party. And now we try it again. We yeah, try it I again mean, look, Tuesday. It's, it's terrible. Just, it's pathetic that you... An election couldn't be pulled off because of some stupid app, and yeah, it's just it's it's a it is an international well, embarrassment. But but the um, results are in one sense in the the right. clear and, winner, clear winner of the Iowa caucuses is Donald Trump, <laughs> plainly because of all the above, and I would say a a. Close second place is Mike Bloomberg because he sat it out and didn't have to be tainted by the nonsense. But let's talk about the actual winner because the actual winner is a surprise and appears to be Mayor Pete elected to be the mayor of South Bend by about (laughs) 10,000 votes. I think 8,000, right? And he has just won, uh, it appears or at least been highly competitive in, but he appears to have won the Iowa caucuses. In any event, he did far better than the polling suggested he was going to do going into it. What do you make of that? Because, it, I mean, I think that's actually a good sign, but it, but unfortunately, he because the result is, isn't even in yet, he loses. He's the one that gets screwed. He loses the battle. Yeah. The big loser is the winner which is, of course, upside down and backwards, but this is the age of Trump, so so is everything upside down and backwards. The big loser is Pete. Mark, you can't blame every single thing on Donald Trump. I, Howard, it's <laughs> raining in Philadelphia, and you know who I blame for that. Okay, but Pete, uh, Pete won. He appears to have won the delegate count, which is what, the election is actually about. He may or may not end up winning the so-called popular vote. Bernie may win that. But Pete overperformed expectations by a mile and didn't get the Monday night bounce that he had uh, had hoped for. I think he he still gets a bounce. It just comes a little later and is a, a little bit more confused. But it's impressive. It is very impressive that the mayor of 
South Bend, 38, 9, 7 years old, a gay man, army vet, all the above, Oxford and the rest, that, that this guy went to Iowa. I think what it says is that there is an element of the party that is interested in change. Pete is the change candidate. Everybody else is generationally it's generational and attitudinal and cultural bernie and elizabeth are establishment they are progressive establishment wait a second bernie sanders is a a, an establishment candidate within the party i am you're right within the socialist party yes within the socialist party he's not a democrat (laughs) But they they aren't new. There's nothing new about Bernie Sanders. Nothing under the sun new about Bernie Sanders. Pete is is the new kid on the block. And there's an element of the party plainly that is looking for that generational well, then, cultural change. But then, then why are all the young people voting for Bernie and Elizabeth? Because I, I don't I, I that's that's an assumption. I haven't actually looked at the yeah, I was going to say we don't. We don't exactly know who's voting for whom, although it appears we don't even know who voted. So we don't. Well, and that's the other thing, by the way. We one the the one thing we think we do know, the final number we think is in on turnout. And it was to me a surprising number in 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 one sense, even more surprising than Pete organizing and, and succeeding in Iowa is surprising is the turnout was at 2016 levels not 2008 levels not even close and i really expected every democrat in iowa to come out and caucus but something something happened that that suppressed at least my expected uh turnout and and that i think uh says there's a ceiling on this Bernie movement. Now, it's a it's a higher ceiling than I wish it were, but he didn't turn out everybody in Iowa, notwithstanding the excitement at his rallies. You think overall turnout was wasn't what you expected it to be? Correct. So, what does that say about the primary electorate's excitement about the field of candidates because i look at this field and i see a lack of quality candidates i mean bernie sanders i see a lack of candidates who can effectively take on trump bernie sanders and elizabeth warren theoretically they can win in actuality i just don't see it happening Buttigieg is to me an impressive candidate, but a flawed candidate um, from from a general election perspective. And, he, and he's very young. Biden clearly didn't do well. He's almost 80. He's been in Washington his entire adult life. I see a flawed field and and that's not a good sign at all. It is a discouraging sign is is what it is. I, I think Biden got lucky because of the disarray. If those results 
had come out at 10 o'clock on Monday night, the stories, two stories would be uh, Pete won and Biden finished fourth, fifth. Well, I don't get that either because, because that's been where the polling has was. That's what the polling has shown all along. So I don't think he underperformed. I think he, he, he didn't certainly didn't overperform. I think he matched expectations, which were low. I get that the narrative is bad for him, um, but I'm surprised that I'm surprised that people are surprised or that people care because that's what the polling should. Well, I think it was as much hopeful as empirical. I confess to being hopeful about Biden's performance in Iowa, but it's just a flat campaign. And he came out and gave a flat speech. He went on to New Hampshire, where his appearances are reported to be as flat as as Iowa. And it it was it was not a good night for the moderate uh, for for the Biden campaign. It was not a bad night for the moderate wing of the party because Pete won. Yeah, and and again, I the challenge for the party is to consolidate behind a moderate a moderate Democrat. By the way, I appreciate that it is the The, Democratic Party. The challenge for well, that's interesting since people seem to be increasingly talking about a Republican who's running for the Democratic nomination, right? um, Namely, Michael Bloomberg. well, we have a Republican, we have a Socialist. We're, it's a very right. big tent, Howard. The it's Democratic a tent, tent is a very big tent. Oh, to a point you've been making, though, on, on this uh, this podcast and beyond, if you add up Klobuchar, Biden, and Buttigieg, I think you get you get a majority or at least a plurality relative to the more progressive oh, I think wing of the party. If you add up the three of them and Bloomberg and who knows where you put Andrew Yang, who, by the way, it, it it's good for him. Good for Andrew Yang for having been kicked off the debate stage and then back on and not disappearing. And 5% in Iowa doesn't get you the nomination, but but we we shouldn't forget he is still out there. I think it's a clear majority of the party, but not but that majority is fractured and fragmented and not not consolidating. But then again, on the other hand, it's Iowa. And yeah. we haven't even gotten to the actual Democratic Party yet. The actual Democratic Party doesn't get to start voting until Saturday, February 22nd in Nevada, and then even more so Saturday, February 29th, I guess, leap year, right? Yes, uh, in in South Carolina. So stay tuned. All, all the, the, to quote Mark Twain, the reports of the death of the party are exaggerated. Even the reports of the death of the Biden candidacy are exaggerated. But the vital signs are not great. Well, just in terms of the lasting impact of the debacle, the technological management debacle in Iowa, 
I think in the event that Trump were to lose in November and doesn't doesn't so easily want to give up the reins of power, we'll be hearing about this again. We'll hear about rigged elections. We'll hear about the fact that Iowa couldn't even hold a, a valid valid caucus. Um, yeah, I guess we might, but there was there's part of your the first part of your sentence about in the event that he doesn't win re-election. Let's get there first. I'll worry about everything else once well, we get there. Okay. And that's well, a good segue. That's a good segue because uh, last night was the State of the Union. And I thought that I, I actually watched it. And I thought that it was a, a well-delivered speech, his best delivered speech that I've seen anyway. And I mean, he's clearly, he clearly practiced it. He clearly was speaking off the teleprompter, but so what? Barack Obama never gave a speech. He didn't speak off of the teleprompter um, for. Um, he, he actually listened to his advisors. And it was definitely Trump coming through, but he, he took the advice of people. He didn't talk about impeachment. It was divisive. Um, well, it was, it was very partisan and political, which I find distasteful, but, and, and is out of step with the norm for a state of the union speech. But what else is new about this guy? I, I, I thought, I thought that he, it was clearly a camp. It was clearly the kickoff to the, his 2020 general election campaign. And I'm going to say one more thing and, and then I'll, actually let you respond i i do have a response okay my the democratic party needs a vision and you can't do what you did at the beginning of this podcast if you want to win this year and blame everything blame the fact that it's it's raining in philadelphia on donald trump what you actually need to do is articulate a message and the message cannot just be kick out Donald Trump. It has to be it has to be a message and it has to be focused on the economy and he presented a very compelling economic message last night. Okay, my turn. Your turn. I may interrupt you, but it's your turn. Pack of lies. Pack of lies. Everything he had to say about healthcare and the economy was false. And the I do agree 110% the Democrats got to stop talking about process in Iowa, got to stop talking about Trump and, and the Ukraine. We have a winning message, vision on healthcare and a winning message and vision on the economy. We proved it in, in 2018, but take healthcare. The president stood yeah. there and said, we will never retreat from the ban on pre-existing uh, condition coverage. Not true. Not true. His administration is in court yesterday, today, and tomorrow trying to overturn the entirety of the Affordable Care Act, including that provision, with absolutely no plan for continuing. None. Zero. Just simply not true. But 
the Democrats are too busy arguing about apps and arguing about uh, President Zelensky to be focused on on healthcare, well, on the economy. Choice. Talking about President Zelensky is a choice. That's a choice that the Democratic Party made. Time, time and- to move on. And by the way, we four o'clock this afternoon, we, we finally turned that page. But right, but right, we should be out there talking about healthcare. Because I look, obviously Trump uh, lies and and is constantly stretching the truth. But what's the vision? Medicare for all? That's a positive vision. No, and that's not the message of the majority of the party. The message of the majority of the party is fix the Affordable Care Act and continue the the economic expansion that began under Barack Obama. Trump has created fewer jobs in his first three years than Obama did in his last three years. Fact. But Mark, it was a very Fact. it was a very different time. And you can't argue with the fact that the economy is robust and strong. I mean, he wasn't lying about the growth of the stock market under his administration. That's factual. You can look it up. And I'm no apologist for this guy, but the the, the economy market. is better than it was three years ago. And no, the look a hundred percent that Obama, I think, was a pos- was a had a pos- his administration also. I mean, he brought us back from the depths of the of the Great Recession, and he gets a ton of credit for that. Um, so does the Fed, but. Right. Less regulation, lower corporate taxes, and maybe just what's in the air. I mean, he he gets he gets to claim credit for the the health of the economy. And well, he is on taking on China. I mean, that is an issue. It's as it's been as much a Democratic issue as a Republican issue. Like this administration, for all its warts, and they are significant, is not without some policy success and and taking on tough issues and and doing something about them and he's going to run on China all day every day right so there are some there are some positives and your team better start articulating a message that people want to run to or it isn't going to happen in November Agreed. next monologue over no that you get no disagreement on that it, it, we need to we need to consolidate this party behind a a moderate candidate of whom we have a, a number although not especially inspiring and we need to talk about growth with integrity we need to talk about healthcare with integrity we need to to need to articulate most fundamentally a vision for all the people in this country that feel left behind and that are left behind. Trump's answer to that is a more robust economy in China. The Democrats need a vision. They need to convince the people that have been left behind that something they do can work for them. Part of the reason you lost in 2016 was the messenger. And part of the reason you lost in 2016 was the message. And there needs to be a positive message 
of change that people can embrace because I think it's hard to run against a robust economy and taking on big, bad China. I just think it's hard. It is hard. And there's no question that we woke up this morning to a President Trump looking stronger than than he did a week or two weeks or three weeks ago. He gave a good speech, I'm told. I, I was on train. I didn't see it. But I don't think it it stands up to scrutiny for being true as a political speech. I'm sure it was well-written and, and well-delivered. He survived impeachment and probably picked up a point or two in in the process. And the Democrats are are regathering and, and I don't think, regrouping. I don't think he necessarily picked up a point or two. But if you look at but I, I think it is a mistake to literally and figuratively tear up the speech and um and 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 just call it a pack of lies and as opposed to taking it on like the fact of the matter is people believe it but all you need to do from an election perspective from an electoral perspective is convince voters in the middle and i shouldn't say it's all you need to do it's hard but you have to convince suburban voters who are feeling pretty good about their wallets you have to convince them that they'd be better off which principally means economically and healthcare. I've always said this to you is just a healthcare proxy issue is, for the economy. Right. right. Um, 20% of the economy, 18% of the economy, it's a proxy issue. You have to convince people that they are going to be better off with your policies than they are with his. And, and I'm not hearing anything that suggests that that's the case. And you can't just ignore what he's saying and call it a pack of lies. Uh, agreed. However, it is in fact a pack of lies, so and we need a state candidate speech. Like, go fact check Barack Obama and Bill Clinton's states of the union. Like, I, well, I get it. He stretches the truth. He is he is a, a significantly less honest individual than Barack Obama or even Bill Clinton. But they all stretch yeah. the truth. It you, you gotta you gotta punch back. You gotta you. You got to punch back with a message. And there is actually somebody, a former Republican, uh, current Democrat, who is out there doing that and is stirring up much more interest than I personally expected uh, him to. And that's Mike Bloomberg, who is punching back with credibility on healthcare and on guns and on economic issues, not having been in Iowa is looking like a better and better decision for Mike Bloomberg. And there's a renewed potential to to his candidacy precisely because he is punching back and he is getting under Trump's skin. And we will see where that all goes in uh, a couple of weeks on on super tuesday well he he needs a boost he needs um you know a significant um ignition of his campaign i mean he's 
It's obviously right. flooding the airwaves, spending hundreds of millions of dollars, but he's still at less than 9% in the national polling. I agree that there's a lane for him. Um, I agree that Iowa helped him. I don't know that, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, he's still 20 points behind Biden and Sanders in, in the national polling. He's polling at 4.3% in California. Sanders is at almost 26%. Um, I agree that he can surge. I'd love to see him surge. Uh, but but something has to happen between now and really Super Tuesday that that really lights a fire and gets people uh, excited about his candidacy. Right. Right. We need to see what happens on, on Tuesday. I think that uh, right now the candidate who is most likely to have a great February is Bernie. And that is uh, for some of us, not, not an encouraging sign. He probably wins New Hampshire. He won New Hampshire four years ago by 20 points. So he's, he's looking like a winner again. We'll see what, what happens with Pete though. We, we can't, we don't know where we are. We are in a confused state. And you can look back at history. History is a, uh, a guide. What did uh, Mark Twain again say? It, it doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. You know, in 1992, at this point, the incumbent, George H.W. Bush, was unbeatable. Nobody even wanted the nomination because nobody thought they could beat him. And the eventual nominee, Bill Clinton, who eventually, of course, became a two-term president, at this point was nowhere and dealing with the beginning of his, uh, his scandals. And by November, he was the, the president-elect. So too soon to panic. A lot of time. Not left. a good start. But not, not a good, a start, good start. But not a good start. I'm not. I'm not suggesting it. It. It was anything except a a very bad start. But but we will see. You have uh, a candidate I, I've talked about before who is not going to be the president or the nominee. But let's see what happens to Amy Klobuchar in in New Hampshire. She has 10% or so, maybe more, of the primary electorate. Time, we'll see what happens to her in New Hampshire. She's but got to get out. She's getting out. And right, that's my point. That's yeah, my point. Yeah, endorse. Right. That's, the that's, field has to be cleared. Tom Steyer needs to get out. Right. I mean, he's... Well, Tom Steyer he needs to get out, although he has no votes to influence because he has no votes. But he has a lot fun. of money, and he's spent a lot of money to, yeah. to no effect. He hasn't spent what Bloomberg has spent, but he spent yep. well over $100 million to no effect. He needs, he needs to get out. He needs to get out. It's clutter. I, again, I said it earlier, I admire Andrew Yang for having come from absolutely nowhere to be somewhere. Time for him to move on. It is probably time after New Hampshire, unless she finishes second, for Amy to move on. Pete is in this thing for a while. He's not going to run out of money, but we'll see 
We'll see. We'll see. Like I admire anybody who has the the moxie to put themselves out there and say, I want to be the president of the United States. Um, But people need to clear the field. Bernie Sanders should get out. I mean, he's not a Democrat. He's not getting out. He's He's not not getting getting out. out. And you know what? He's going to screw it up again. He's going to screw this thing up again. And look, if Bernie, we will know. We thought we would know more after Iowa. Nobody saw that particular disaster coming. But these the process winnows the field. The process focuses the choice. Bernie is not going anywhere. He's not getting out. He's also not getting the nomination, notwithstanding all of the above. I stand by that prediction because of the arithmetic. It is ultimately all about delegates. To get a majority of the delegates before the convention, somebody has to literally start getting a majority of the vote. Somebody has to start getting 30-40% in these primaries, not winning with 25%. And that will happen as the field gets smaller. But I think the chances of this process not producing a majority nominee by Milwaukee, the chances of that uh, are are getting higher with all of this chaos. And and that would be great political theater, but not good for, again, Donald Trump will, will be the winner of that process. Well, Mark, we'll, we'll, we always have to put a title on these podcasts. And our last podcast was entitled pre, <laughs> Pre-Iowa Prognostication. Yeah. Delete, I think we'll call this elite. I think we'll call this mid-Iowa prognostication. We they say maybe more votes will be reported today. That's it's thrilling. The Iowa caucuses are thrilling. The only salutary side effect of this complete embarrassment is that we we are done with Iowa as the first in the nation test of a Democratic candidate. And pretty soon the actual Democratic Party gets to show up and start voting, and we'll see. All right. Well, let's leave it there. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back next week, and we look forward to continuing the conversation then. Post-New Hampshire. Post-New Hampshire. Maybe. 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 Thanks, Mark. Good. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website at copublicstrategies.com.